Welcome to Simply by Dale HQ. On this podcast, we engage thought leaders on topical issues around law and business in the most simplistic manner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Simply by DLHQ. Today, we'll be talking about the trending melting pot between technology and art. Non-fungible tokens have become a global phenomenon that have been driven primarily by creatives finding expression of their works outside of the traditional platforms. Today on the show, I have the rare privilege of speaking with Mr. Ferdinand Ademefe, a creative entrepreneur and co-founder of Artist Tree, the first indigenous NFT marketplace which launched in May 2021. Mr. Ferdinand, thank you so much for joining me on Simply Today. It's such an honor and privilege to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Grace. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be part of your conversation. Yeah, glad to have you here. I recall that DHQ published an article on NFTs just about the time when Artistry was launched. That's this May. And it was impressive to see that Nigerian creatives were already positioning in the digital arts center stage. Well, as is our custom on Simply, can you please break down for our audience in a very simple way or very simple terms, what are NFTs and why has it become such a trend in the digital assets community? All right, thank you very much, um, Trace. Um, so NFTs are actually called non-fungible tokens. And it's, uh, that's where the N and FT comes from. So these are really simply uh, digital assets. They represent a wide range of um, tangible and intangible objects. It could be a piece of art, it could be a piece of music material, it could be game assets, it could be videos, sports cards, it could even be virtual real estate and even digital sneakers. Like the, the, the spectrum of what constitutes digital assets constantly has been expanding. Uh, most of them are now being bought and sold online um, frequently with cryptocurrency. And that's the unique um, aspect of NFT. NFT is actually being powered by the blockchain and it's part of the, the, the blockchain technology. So with every piece of NFT, they are actually authenticated, verifiable, and they're actually traceable. So they are unique and they are not like cryptocurrencies that can be exchanged. So in a sense, those are fungible tokens because you can exchange one cryptocurrency for another. But in the NFT space, every piece of art is unique. So in a sense, you cannot exactly exchange value, but they retain value. Um, NFT is not new. They've been around since 2014. But what we started to see, particularly with the lockdowns, many people could not get access to, um, to galleries or museums to patronize art. And suddenly, more people started to discover that there are ways they can monetize their assets and then moving their content into NFTs. But they're mostly digital assets. Um, so in Africa, I think that for us, it's an opportunity because a lot of the African art space is still pretty much traditional. So you find that there are, a lot of the works are being sold in traffic or sold on the road. And then there is a big market where African art can have dominance. Currently, on most of the leading platforms, we have less than percent representation in terms of um, NFTs from the African market. And I think one of the impacts is because of the access to markets. And what we did was to then look at how we can indigenize a platform that can be able to meet that need. 
Um, the, the, the scale of NFT today is around uh, $174 million, I think, uh, NFT that wow. is sold in the world, that amount. And I, if you remember, one of the big news that we got was a guy called Beeple, right? He sold his ad for about $69.3 million. But Beeple wasn't yes, just... Yes. He has been in the space, right? And people used to basically, till date, he creates arts for every day. What he did was to aggregate 5,000 daily drawings that he has created over time and then auction them on NFT platform. And he called them every day, the first 5,000 days of his artwork. Um, and he wow. was sold for $69.3 million. So there was a story there. And many people have seen him grow over time to identify that. So there's a big market, NFT is still unfolding. Many Nigerians are still checking and asking questions. So beginning from August, when our platform is fully authenticated, we'll be doing series of workshops to bring people up to speed and getting all the artists to know about it and onboard them. Wow, that's that is that is a serious background. Sixty-nine point something million. Yeah. Wow. All right. So we know that NFTs are broad spectrum, just the way you have explained and that any form of tangible or valuable assets can be converted to an NFT. Yet it seems like arts NFTs have taken the lead in the market space. I mean, we have other forms of ex ex expressions. We have music, we have videos, but for some reason, arts have seemed to have taken the lead. So what do you think is the reason for this? Well, I, I think that um, art is an easier sell than a piece of music, right? Uh, first of all, um, you can always, you know, for the, the piece of art, you know, every time you resell them, the, the original creator has a percentage that comes to them based on the smart contract that has been designed. Okay. Um, and then with art, you actually have a sense of being able to see and appreciate it. Music, yes, is a sound, but I think that that the art is leading the space doesn't mean other genres will not come into the space. I also see a future where we're going to have more and more genres participating in this. Um, I know a lot of the gamers now are looking at possible ways. I mean, one of the products we're working on is a gaming platform called Gimmick. What we intend to do with Gimmick is to see how we can allow indigenous and independent game developers to come on the platform and be able to monetize their assets and reach a, a bigger market. So these are some of the things we're currently working on that we're looking at. Wow. Wow. So, so I mean, can you just explain when you say that when an artist is being sold, uh, the original creator gets a percentage? I mean, would that also apply to other forms of expression that enter the space also, like music, videos, maybe games and the rest? Would that also apply to all, or it's only for arts? No, no, it applies to all. It's a, basically a smart contract. So the way the smart contract is designed, and which is one of the advantages of blockchain technology, is that everything is okay. traceable. And the smart contract is going to basically instruct how the revenues is disbursed at the end of the day. So the creator of the, of the content, whether you're an artist or a music file, or it's a game asset, you still get to end the same thing, right? And that residual royalty is one of the unique features that the NFT space is offering um, um, independent content creators that while, while you can have your content on digital platforms that you can monetize, um, over time, or if it's YouTube, you, know, you get to end from it, but this particular one, every time people sell, Whatever they buy from you, you never stop owning them. You keep making money. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, at this point, I'm beginning to consider making minting my own NFT. <laughs> so so tell us tell us a bit about artistry and how it compares to with other international platforms. I know there are other international platforms which also um, 
do um, the same thing that um, artistry is, is uh, doing in the markets uh, where you go, where people go and they sell their NFTs. We have uh, international ones like uh, OpenSea and yeah. Raribo. Yes, but uh, so is uh, artistry focused basically on indigenous digital arts or we, we have listed from other foreign artists? So I think that for us, what we're basically focused on, first of all, is emerging markets. And that is, uh, is Africa is part of the emerging market, but there are many other markets where you don't have that representation on the blockchain. Now, if you go to OpenSea and you create an account, you probably will get lost in the sea. There are many content, many artists. Um, so we know that the, 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 one of the advantages we can have is to give people opportunity to discover and explore unconventional arts from emerging markets. That's where artistry comes in. Our primary focus is to give every artist in Africa an opportunity to participate in the ecosystem. So the difference between artistry and OpenSea is because we have an online, we have a physical representation here, and we understand the market and the dynamics. So we're working to mitigate the challenges that the artists will face. Uh, one, we, in terms of the cost of, um, of uploading, we come with very, very limited, I mean, in OpenSea, there are charges that you have to pay, um, basically, to get your art on the platform, and, and it's huge. So, so the, that cost is not necessarily something every young artist can actually afford. We will come with an opportunity for you to get on board with ease without necessarily having to pay those charges. Um, I think that's one of the areas we have been able to provide opportunities for artists to. So the barriers to entry has been very, very much, much mitigated. Then we are, we are planning to run a series of workshops, which is our boarding process as well. And we don't just want people to come on board and open an art. We want to be part of the ecosystem. We want to give you an opportunity to understand how these things are created and understand how people can basically have access to the market. So it's for us an opportunity to do it differently. OpenSea has no, has no sense of community here, but we want to build a real community okay. online. So we have a Telegram group that is growing, and we basically will be having a series of webinars and podcasts there to give them an opportunity. So the idea is that even with artists, we're going to work with them to make thematic um, digital exhibitions. Um, those thematic digital exhibitions will tend to push most of the artists that we're going to sign on, uh, for some of them that we have a particular kind of uh, relationship or set up with, we tend to do their marketing on the level where we can actually push. But on OpenSea, you do your marketing yourself. But for artistry, the marketing is a co-creation between the company and even every artist. So those are some of the benefits um, artistry is bringing to the market to give every African artist a guaranteed opportunity to monetize your art, and more importantly also, um, to ensure that you don't just put your art there, you will constantly begin to grow with us as a community, create more arts, reach more markets. But we also call ourselves an international platform. Our, our, when it comes to content creation, we have an Afrocentric approach. When it comes to reaching the market, we position as an international market. Wow. wow. So it's, it's uh, an, an, an indigenous an indigenous um, local brand with an international view. Yes, I, I would say our in terms of sourcing the arts, we have an indigenous um, orientation. But when it comes to our position in an international platform, because most of the buyers actually are also international, so you don't want to lock yourself out of that market. But one of the attractions for us is to say why you come on this platform is because you have a possibility of finding um, talents that you ideally you ordinarily will not find. In the other big, uh, bigger platform. Okay, okay. 
Okay. Now, now on to my next question. You know, um, in the earlier part, you you spoke about, uh, which I found very interesting. Um, where um, a a creator sells his art, he he can put in a smart contract, if I'm correct, that yes. he earns some kind of revenue upon each uh, preceding or next sale, on each uh, again on, on each next sale. So. My question now is is two pronged. On one side, it's what kind of interest do I now, as a as a buyer of an NFT, what kind of interest do I acquire? Where 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 the seller say has some kind of remuneration coming to him of if I sell to the next person. So what kind of interest do I, as a buyer, have of these NFTs? I think there are many motivations. Um, what we are beginning to see is that NFT is an investment category, or at least an emerging portfolio. So even while you buy from the artist, you're also going to make it profit because you're not going to sell it at the same amount you bought it for. And when you retain these NFTs, they are going to grow and appreciate in value. Now the appreciation of the art means that you're also going to make more money. So I don't think that you would bother so much that the original creators are also earning a fraction of what you will be earning. You, of course, in the second round of selling, you're earning more than the original content creator, but they still get something. I mean, that's one of the thinking that helps because the creator really, really gets to enjoy a long-term royalty, residual royalty of that. You make money. But also, there are many other incentives why people buy NFT. I've come to realize that for many people, it's also an opportunity for them to have like a bragging right. Now, that might look trivial to us, but that bragging right is something for many people because um, you're getting a digital portfolio of assets that most, most companies are now also now looking at. Are we going to build a portfolio of assets around digital art or NFTs? Um, apart from the conventional stock that you would ideally put money on, because uh, NFT will appreciate. Just imagine 10 years ago or five years ago where people didn't know much about Bitcoin, and today Bitcoin has appreciated over and over again. And even while many people are still suspicious of whether it's going to be a bubble, others have made tremendous wealth by leveraging on it. So it's about understanding that everything requires a measure of risk. But if Bitcoin perceived to have been a bubble is still around, I'm very certain that NFT will still be very much around. The other benefits of why people buy NFT is the story behind the NFT. I mean, that Dorsey sold his first NFT, uh, his first tweet as an NFT. And um, yes, yes. someone bought that because, again, it was history. Um, a platform, the first tweet today has gone to become a viral platform that is empowering voices across the world. And today we understand that Twitter has dislodged governments, Twitter has been used to drive revolution. So people are buying the sentimental attachment to the idea. They're also buying for the story behind the content. Like people's art of um, every uh, 5,000 arts, the first 5,000 arts, is also a story of consistency. So when you find the, the subliminal message behind the art, you're likely to find that it will connect with somebody and you'll be able to buy them. So we, are, we use a story first approach in curating our NFT. We always want to understand not just the concept, not just the art, but the concept behind it. Why is the art, or why was the art created? And I think that is something that has given us a unique uh, position in the market, that there is a story behind every art, and that story is why people buy as much as Wow, that's a, that, that's a very good card for There's a story behind every art. I mean, it's it's a good tech that to make anybody want to, to jump into the market and buy. I mean, there's a story behind every art. Any, any, any story that speaks to you, I mean, it's good enough that you purchase such a certain art. So the second prong of the question is, is there an empirical way of pricing a work or an NFT? I mean, compared to other foreign counterparts, many NFTs have sold for less than a thousand USD, a thousand United States dollars. And 
may not have argued that uh, much of these works or many indigenous works are grossly undervalued. So my question is, is there a particular reason why indigenous arts or NFTs are sold less than um, than the their counterparts abroad? Which, like for example, you said someone sold uh, one for about sixty nine million. I mean, in, we are waiting. We are waiting that kind of um, that kind of huge. Uh, sale for an, an indigenous art. So, is there a reason why our indigenous arts are not selling that much? Well, I, I think that on a level, it is it is also a factor of the, the, the not just the quality of the art, but the popularity of the artist. Um, okay. Many people buy behind because of the name behind the art. So, for instance, people have built a following for many years, has over a million okay. followers. Um, creating art daily. So there is a possibility that if 5% of those of his followers are NFT uh, or are, are very particular about NFT, they're likely to also be part of that um, community. So I think that's actually something we also have to keep in mind. Many African artists who are building their portfolio and growing profile will also find out that as they become more popular with their arts, um, people are going to be buying. So um, NFT would need a lot of social media traffic to combat. You basically need to have a certain kind of following. Like my one of the art directors involved in artistry um, saw this opportunity too, and he's been very deliberate about creating his art on his social media page. And I've seen people come to ask him, "Please, where can I buy your art? I want to buy your art." I'm doing a drop of his own art by Netflix because there's a sense that he's becoming market ready. So it's not okay. just about creating the art; it's about becoming an artist that is also renowned in your own field. Uh, because for more, more sophisticated art, I've sold for less. Because they are not from artists that are not as popular, so the, okay. the, the sentiment of the empirical value or the empiricism of deciding what art will be sold for what is less about the quality of the art, but more about the, the popularity of the artist. But I really do think that that will over time also change because many people will find the big why, what is the story behind the art, and they want to also buy the why, and that's why we are also working on the why, knowing that a lot of the African artists we're working with. Are not there yet, so we want to then develop the big story side, and then we take it on from there. Okay, all right. Thank you very much for that. Now, people have often said, people that have been enthusiastic about the NFT space, they have often said that the NFT marketplace is quite complex. Uh, I, I myself, I, I, I believe so because being some, some. Bit here and bit there about research, I found out that the NFT marketplace can be complex. Many creatives barely understand how to navigate the marketplace. Talk of understanding how to mine their work or the costs and resources required. What is artistry, what is artistry your company doing to level these barriers for entry? So I think, like I, I mentioned earlier, we have um, somehow become competitive in the market. We've actually um, resolved the, the, uh, the cost of setting up an account or mining your NFTs. In our own case, uh, we had very negligible charges. And even at the, our percentage compared to other um, uh, OpenSea and Foundation, it's way, way less because for us, we understand that Africans have to come on the platform. So the idea for us is a game of numbers. If we can aggregate over 100,000 African artists who are selling their art on a daily basis, we're going to get an opportunity to win. And for us, there's a developmental approach to how we're approaching the NFT space. So the, the cost of mining your NFT is higher on OpenSea, higher on Foundation, and there are no guarantees you will sell. 
So you're likely to be spending money and not knowing where you're going to recoup your money back. And we've done that as much. And like I said, our own opportunities approaching the NFT space less as a platform, but more as a community. So we can actually, more importantly, co-create this um, with our artists, give them an opportunity to get some direction of where the market is going. We're going to be we do presentations from time to time now where we're going to tell them these are the ads that are selling because we work with data. And we're constantly punching data, x-raying the data, what is behind the numbers, so we can guide. OpenSea is not as vested in an African artist as we are as vested. We see them and we see ourselves as a partner to every artist, to come alongside them, guiding them, holding their hands, to lead them to explore this new revenue and help them unlock the possibilities and opportunities that the NFT space has to offer. So, so I mean, in essence, what you're saying is that if if I want to get into the, uh, the NFT market, I have a better chance with artistry than OpenSea. Definitely, very, very, very much so. Um, like I said, I think that for us, it's we're even expanding. Artistry is an ecosystem of products, so NFT is just one of the things we have. You know, we, we apart from artistry, we also have a portal called the uh, Magical, where you can actually, if you're a content creator, you have videos. Um, you can actually curate your videos on Magical. And people can actually work with you to support you to raise money to fund your production. And as people watch those videos, they're going to make money. So for us, it's actually using the blockchain to power creative economy. It's less about just the NFT. Uh, whether it comes to photography, we have something for photographers. Whether it comes to entertainers, we have something for every entertainer, every content creator. Uh, whether it comes to raising funds, giving them access to markets, we come with all of them. So on NFT, most NFT platforms are. Are, are monolithic in their market approach. They're just mono markets. But for artistry, artistry is an integrated market where you find assets to um, raise funds. When we launch the, the, the platform Incubate, they're going to get access to funding. Uh, we also will have a platform called Gaming. So apart from actually selling your gaming assets, you can actually monetize on your, on your game when people play your games, right? We also have one called Topia. Topia is the place where you can actually get access to interesting content. That can give you the skill you need, the 21st century skills you need to create and to expand on it. So um, we are very, very deliberate about scaling, um, deliberately scaling across these verticals, and not just about um, creating NFTs and making money on that. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. So um, let's talk quickly about a secondary market for NFTs. Now, how liquid would you say, or let me say, fungible? No pun intended. Um, are NFTs compared to other digital assets such as cryptocurrencies? I mean, we have every day we have new forms of cryptocurrencies, which uh, the markets volatile goes up, comes down, and the rest. But we have NFTs on one side. So I mean, the secondary markets. In your opinion, how 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 would you say NFTs are are doing compared or will do also compared to other forms of uh, digital assets? I think it might be a bit too early to say because the secondary market is just something that has been um, growing. But if I speak from the point of observation relative to the growth of cryptocurrency, I think they are very powerful. Um, cryptocurrencies, most of the initial cryptocurrency, the primary market, it took a while before the secondary market started to kick in. Um, secondary market for NFTs are kicking in, but a lot of the people who are buying NFTs are using a buy and wait approach because it's not just about trading NFT for immediacy. To monetize it. It's actually, like I said, there's the bragging right. There's a fact of retaining the value of the NFT as the market grows. So most people are doing that for portfolio growth and not just about um, liquidity. 
But in terms of the size of the liquidity, um, it's not anywhere near cryptocurrencies uh, because with cryptocurrency, you have many altcoins. But again, the volatility is all, of cryptocurrency is also a factor that takes away from you on the level and impact even on NFTs. But since there, there has been a dip in the market, even NFT2 has also suffered contraction in, in size of its market. So it's very related. But like I said, the secondary market is not as big as the cryptocurrency as we speak, but it's also a fast-growing market. And many people are buying, are not just buying to, for liquidity, but are buying to develop, to grow assets and monetize in future time. Hmm. So, I mean, we, we are looking at an NFT market that will to the moon if I can borrow that cryptocurrency term. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. All right, so just a quick, a quick to chip in a very quick one. Uh, this is a new market. Uh, you say it has been in the, it has been in existence since as far as market 2014. 2014. Uh, okay, so so my 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 question uh, is it's um, do you feel in your opinion or also that there should be some form of regulatory body <coughs> seeing the NFT marketplace? I mean, for as a form of security for both the the sellers and the buyers on both ends. Do you feel like there should be some form of regulation? uh in the in the marketplace for security i i think that um cryptocurrency comes with its own inbuilt um regulatory mechanism that allows for uh platforms to be verifiable um the smart contract have instructions to protect certain things so the inherent benefit of cryptocurrency is the nature of its decentralization and democratization so you know when it comes to regulation regulation is the local play than an international like, cryptocurrency approach, right? So I think in every community, right, there, there is attempts to figure out how regulations can work. But I would recommend that at a different point in time, it should, it should be regulations that will be developed from conversations, whether it is locally SEC. I mean, we've had conversations with people um, from SEC um, talking about the NFT space and trying to understand it. I mean, some of them have approached us. The CBN2 is further line looking at what can be done. But what I would always advise, like I, I, I would say, is regulations should not be about killing the industry, it should be about empowering our people to participate more in this space. Um, so what nature of regulation, I don't know. But any regulation that can increase trust and protect the investors or people that will come on the platform, it's welcome. Currently, there are cases around verifying uh, ads so that it is not hierarchized or it's not stolen ads. Um, I think that every platform, even in our own case, we're having to authenticate with some mechanism. That's a measure of regulation that we are putting in there. But for regulatory agencies, it's still pretty much um, something that they need to take time to understand and understand what right moves they can make. But like I said, we shouldn't worry too badly about whether regulations uh, are that much needed because there is a measure of regulation that cryptocurrency by each design offers the market. All right, all right. Thank you very much for that insight. For that insight, I, I, I it's almost as if I personally need, needed that. So finally, finally, what is the playbook for African creatives, and how can they ride the tide to get access and recognition on this global stage? Well, I think the playbook is what we have embodied in what we're working on artistry. Um, the playbook is that I can't go it all alone. They always need alongside a platform that can understand the uniqueness of the African arts the market, the challenges of the market in Nigeria, the peculiarities around the market. When you talk about access to data, when you talk about access to digital tools with which they can create, 
So here in our company, we have a digital lab, an NFT lab. And having the NFT lab means that artists can actually come around from time to time. And then they will have the tools with which they can also start developing, mining, and tokenizing the platform right from here. But again, you have to apply to the fellowship to be able to participate in that kind of stuff. So we're going to open it further down the line. We're still putting the processes in place. But what I would say is um, the playbook again is look for a platform that will be a partner. Look for a platform that can give you the insights, the data you need, the guidance you need. Then we'll not just create your art. Guarantee you your conversion. And that is at that point. So what we're doing with our own approach to markets. It's really not necessarily a hard and fast growth. Um, but again, that's what I would say with respect to that. Thank you so much for making the time to join us again today, Mr. Ferdinand. Uh, uh, this has been minutes of gaining insights on NFTs and the benefits of the marketplace to African creatives. Um, so our wonderful audience, the conversation continues on our social media handles. Do remember to send us your comments and thoughts on today's topic. So thank you for listening to this episode of Simply by DLHQ. DLHQ Partners is an African-focused transaction advisory law firm operating out of Lagos, Nigeria. To know more about our services, please visit our website www.dlhqpartners.com or follow us on our social media handles. On Twitter, we are at DLHQ Law. On Instagram, we are at DLHQ Law. On Facebook, we are at DLHQ Law. On LinkedIn, we are at DLHQ Partners. Thank you for joining us once again. Have a wonderful day.